recording live from the NFLPA protest of Ezekiel Elliott's suspension. It's the Seahawks Nest Podcast. Guys, the reign of Darth Goodell continues. Well, you know, it's good that he's taking on important issues like visiting pot shops. Yeah, or, um, you know, taking down uh, girls' tops against their will. That was actually pretty scummy. I'm not going to lie. This, I yeah. didn't know either of these two facts. Yeah, that, that's basically the two things that... It, well, that and there's like an alleged domestic violence case. But the two things that they actually have like firm information on are, yeah, he he's going to pot shops and he's like... He was at a Mardi Gras party and he kept pulling a girl's top down and she was like hitting his arms trying to get him to stop. Okay, that is scummy. I didn't know about that There one. you go. Six games. You're out. Yep, and uh, there you go. So I bet you it'll I'll peel it down to no. It's it'll be two or three. It's one of those things. I don't know what's gonna happen. All right, so we have actual Seahawks to talk about because the Seahawks they played a football game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They went they went the down. The Chargers to, didn't, but the Seahawks that's did. Right. They went down to where the LA Galaxy played, and now Seattle is two zero and one in that stadium this year because the Seahawks won forty eight to seventeen. So what do you what do you guys uh, what do you guys think? Uh, what are some takeaways we have from this? The first preseason game, we're going to start on the offensive side of the ball. Kevin, what's something you saw on the offense? Well, you know, looking at the wide receivers, uh, first of all, Paul Richardson made that really spectacular catch. He made two catches on two targets. Rest in peace, yards. Paul. Uh, they're calling it an AC sprain. He was at practice today, so those, that's a good sign. Those are those those things grayed out. That so hurts. The, so like AC sprain, it, depending on like if it's a grade A, B, C, or C. You know, there's all these different letters that can be next to it. If it's the real bad one, he's out for half the season. If it's the real not so bad one, he could be out for two weeks. And it just will hurt a lot. Yeah. So it's it's really just going to depend on uh, how bad that sprain is. He's going to have to feel it out. You know, it's yeah. not. It's going to be week to week. Yeah, I expect to see him like more in probably game three and four, probably not much I, or at all. I wouldn't two. be surprised if they just held him out of the rest of the preseason. And yeah, it's, it's hard to say because I think he has that number two wide receiver job kind of wrapped up. Yeah, with how high they listed him on the depth chart, I think that he was a, a, a lock to make the roster. And if they think he's going to be ready for week one, they'll just probably keep him in that position, right? I would imagine. I mean, I couldn't. I mean, he's clearly taken the job away from Curse. Uh, the only other wide receiver that really had a great performance, Cason uh, Williams bailed Trevon Boykin out time and time again. Four, four, four catches, amazing catches. Four targets, 119 yards. This dude played so much bigger than he is, and he's already a 6'2 receiver. He wants that job. He wants that job. He looked really good. Uh, we're going to talk about quarterbacks, but he made Boykin look good, like you said. Um he ripped a ball out of a, of the opposing player's hands. That was yep. a pick. That was, I mean, you want to talk about Golden Tate in the end zone against Aaron, uh, against the Packers and how that wasn't a catch. You know, Casey Williams made a huge catch. Well, and then the touchdown that catch that wasn't, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he didn't get credited with the touchdown catch, but you better bet that the coaches saw that play. And that was body control. That was high pointing the football. That was going up and making a strong play with your hands. That was everything you want out of a physical receiver. And that's what we keep talking about is, you know, this group has some speedier guys. Lockett's fast. He's a quick guy. Richardson's athletic and he's getting bigger, but he's still a quickness guy. Doug Baldwin's crafty and quick. Curse, the reason why he had a roster spot was because he kind of played big to the ball. You know, if Casey Williams could play big to the ball, that's the roster spot that we need sealed up, you know? When it feels like Russell Wilson has had that, that short guy that gets the ball, who gets up, you know, to get the ball. Now he's got a 6'2 guy who can go up and get the ball. And that yeah. makes it a lot larger catch radius. 
Yeah, I, I I just wonder if there's any room on the roster for Case and Williams. You know, if it the the, the team is if they're we got to we'll have to cut Curse for sure, or Darbo. Like those are the two guys we could McAvoy. cut. I think McAvoy has a pretty clear path to roster spot at this point. Like uh, the, special, special the special teams. teams. Like, does Case and Williams play special teams? Uh, he did, he's played Gunner. I know that. I didn't okay. know if he played it in this most recent game, but last year I know he played on special teams when uh, he got the call from the practice squad a few times. Yeah, so I mean that's what I'd look for. Or he might just end up back on the practice squad. I don't think he's the kind of guy we, we would have any trouble sneaking through uh, onto the practice squad. It, unless he has three more preseason games exactly like this one, but and if he's, then he's going to make the team anyway. I mean, he'll make the team. Yeah, it's 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 either going to he's either going to sneak through the practice squad or he's going to make the team after three more excellent games. It, both are fine with me because he seems like he's solid depth for us to have around. If you see him on the field in Paul Richardson's spot with Richardson out next week, if he's taking some reps with Russell Wilson, that's when you know they're test driving him for the for uh, making the roster. Yep, uh, Mar Darbo. I got a qu- we got questions about this on Twitter. Uh, do you do you think that they're holding him out and just they're they're a hundred percent sure he's going to make the roster? Does he need does he have anything he needs to prove on the field to make this team? I think that players always have to prove something. But it was the first preseason game. It could have been anything. He could have been a little nicked up from practice. Yeah, they said they, they said it. he had a, a bruised sternum was the that official injury designation that he got. I would say if he's not playing in the third game, I'd worry a lot more than if he's not playing in the first game. I mean, they'll hold you out because you have the sniffles for the first game, you know? Yeah. All right. So oh, that uh, the last one is I did oh. want to bring up uh, Lawler, Kenny Lawler, um, yeah, had a really physical touchdown catch, and you could kind of see that good weight that he's put on. I, I still don't think he's going to end up making the roster, but he's done. He's made the steps that he needs to to be an NFL receiver. Yeah, he'll so probably get picked up by someone else uh, when we cut, so. when we wave him. Same with Cyril Grayson. I think Cyril Grayson's done a, done enough that he's going to like get picked up by someone to like. Oh, hey, this Too guy's much real athletic fast. ability. Yeah, yeah, and we're we're not going to have the roster spot to keep him. I don't think. But Cyril Grayson's doing enough. That corner of the end zone catch where he he got his head blown up. Basically, yes. yeah. and then he didn't actually hold on to the ball, but I'm pretty sure he would have caught it if he wouldn't have got his head jacked up. But he got the flag. They go to the one, and let's transition this right to the running backs, where Chris Carson gets the ball, <laughs> and the the left side of the line kind of just collapses, and he's one on one against a against a, uh, a San Diego Char- or Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, the LAC abbreviation. I was like, we're playing the Clippers this week. Yeah, yeah. it was weird, but but he's one on one, and he makes a statement run. Where he just Ooh. ran dude over, like it was like a it was like a bulldozer hit the guy. I, I just I really like Chris Carson. I think that I'm re- I'm really warming up to him. I don't think any of the other running backs had a, as good a game as he did. And I think like that camp hype is real. Like there's real stuff going on here with Chris Carson. How did you feel about him in open space, seeing him in the middle of the field? Because I uh, I I didn't dislike him, but I wasn't I wasn't enamored with him. I mean, he's a rookie. It's a four, and he's he's going to be the fourth string running back. So I think like you have to temper your expectations in some way. But he's a powerful runner, and that's kind of what excites me is that I'd love to have a powerful runner that can punch it in. Especially if like let's say Eddie Lacy has ten touchdowns this year, and someone's like giving him a low Garrett Blunt contract next year. Like hey, we want you to come in and just punch in touchdowns. Like we're not going to keep him, and we can keep Chris Carson to punch in touchdowns instead, right? Yeah, that's kind of the excite. That's where the excitement kind of stems from for me. The guy to truck the other player. Yeah, the other thing I noticed with Carson, he did have a he did have a solid ten yard run. 
I don't think he has. I don't think he displayed breakaway speed. Yeah, he doesn't have. I think he speed. has really good speed, but I don't think he could show it right now. But what I did see was good, good vision, decisive cuts. Like he seems like a guy who can pick you up four yards per carry pretty easy. Yeah, I just think he's going to be able to hit the hole real hard. Yep. And as long as he can be, you know, keep running to better spots than like you know Christian Michael, he'll be effective for the Seahawks. He also needs to hold on to the football. That's that's the big thing for uh, rookie running backs. We started off with a little a little Russ, which was surprising to be honest, because he there's no reason for it. <laughs> Trayvon, <laughs> Trayvon Boykin came in though. Eric, how'd you feel about the performance by Trayvon and uh, all the other Austin Davis was the other quarterback that played, right? Yeah, you know we haven't really addressed the the Seahawks going up against the Chargers defense, which you know second string the Chargers aren't really deep on defense, so it wasn't like we were playing world beaters. But man, Boykin looks good. He may uh, he may run over old people or other people in bars, but he had a really solid game for the Seahawks. Uh, he went twelve for fifteen, one hundred and eighty nine yards. And uh, we we talked about with Casey Williams bailing him out a few times, but um, for the first game of the season, I like Trevon Boykin doing what he did. Having said that, his overall play was misleading would you say kevin i'd say his stat line was misleading okay. his play was very mediocre i feel like case williams was not the only person that bailed him out you know he had a, a mcavoy over the middle on like a deep in and i uh, couldn't hit him in stride that could have been a much bigger play that. for tanner mcavoy um you know there were uh there were a couple other plays uh lawler's touchdown he kind of hung him out to dry a little bit on that I I feel like uh, you know, the comment I always make about Cam Newton, he's uh, accurate to the person, but not accurate to the target. Yeah, but he's like Cam Newton without like being a, a six-foot-five giant and also being able to throw the ball like a 1,000 miles an hour. But but I mean, like, like he had like that kind of ball location and, is all I'm saying. And that's saying. the thing is like he made one deep throw in that game, and it was, or he made that deep throw in the game, and it was like five yards short and like terrible. That like, was an horrible throw. throw. Yeah. Like, he, he made a lot of plays look easier, and uh, you know we haven't talked about the line yet. But he showed a little more composure, which was good. But overall, you know, he was he was playing the short targets easily, and any above average throw, he would kind of get into trouble or need someone to bail him out. Yeah. Um, having said all that about Boykin, uh, Austin Davis, uh, well, seven for nine. I don't know. I felt like he played, uh, you know, a decent game. Russell Wilson's going to be our quarterback. If something bad happens to Russell Wilson, I don't really want to have to think about that. That happened last year. But I'm not really worried about the backups. They did what I thought they'd do. I didn't expect anyone to look terrible. And it was, like I said, against a Chargers defense that is, you know, in game one of the preseason where you don't see a lot of starters, mediocre, I think, is a compliment. Well, Davis isn't the playmaker that Boykin is. But I don't know if we want a playmaker for a backup quarterback Davis, I think, can more reliably run the offense from what I've seen. Yeah, he's just a steady hand. And I think when they brought in Davis, they were like basically conceding, like, we just want to have a steady hand as our backup. We don't want to take any risks. We, we're screwed if Russell misses any time anyway, so why have someone good on the roster? I think that was like the general philosophy there. Do you guys think, uh, I kind of wanted to bring this up last week, but if something were to happen to Russ this season, if Kaepernick is available, that we give him a call? Yes, I 100% we would. Okay, yeah. Because there was there was the positive talks uh 
Pete Carroll is very much like, if you can't make it here, you know, I believe in you and I want you to go somewhere else. And I think he wanted to give Cap that chance to catch on somewhere else. But if he's available and if emergency yeah, says you it. mean when he's available because it's not no one's at this point no one's signing him so unless it's no. even a team I thought like okay the Dolphins had a catastrophic injury to their quarterback maybe they'll go <laughs> sign Kaepernick like this is his chance because that's basically what he's waiting for is a team that has a solid chance to make the playoffs t- needs to get a guy injured and it then they they went him, and yeah. dug up the corpse of Jay Cutler who literally said I'm playing quarterback I don't need to have cardio. Like that guy is the worst. <laughs> I just don't worst. understand. You know, you know what? This team cares far more about winning than they care about controversy. Yep. And you can see that in everything they've done. Mm-hmm. So, uh, when it comes down to it, if Russ went down with an injury, the this team top to bottom will go. Okay, who's going to let us win? Colin Kaepernick's your best chance to win. Colin Kaepernick will be on the quick jet to the team that night. And he'd be yeah. in practice ASAP. Yeah, if Russell tears an ACL, knock on wood, it's not going to happen. <laughs> but if it happens, you know, we're just going to have to. Uh, we're that's probably where we're heading is that direction. Um, okay. Speaking of things that could get him injured, though, yeah, really quickly, offensive line. I thought they played a really solid game. Yeah, they were fine, especially considering <laughs> like the starting defensive linemen for San Diego are pretty good now. Very good, Bosa did, especially. Did Bosa play in the game? Bosa played, and Bosa played. A decent number of stats. Yeah, all right. Same so, with uh, uh, Ingram. Yeah, and both those guys are real good football players. And uh, did Mebane play? Uh, Mebane played, I believe. Right. Uh, they well, played their starting defensive line, uh, and their backups aren't terrible. Um, what Posick? It's one uh, of the few positions where this team has decent uh, depth. depth. I'd say almost the only position that, and maybe wide receiver. Wide receiver, yep. Um, but Posick, uh, Posick played all over the offensive line. And showed some skills in different areas. Our starting line played pretty damn well. Um, you that know, up the I middle will, pressure wasn't as prevalent as we've seen. No, and they gave a chance for people to escape. And the big thing that I noticed was whether it was to the left, to the right, or up the gut, there were running lanes, and that needs to happen. Now, this was against a really vanilla defense. What I want to see is can the right side of the line, especially a Fetty, handle it when you start seeing blitzes and stunts? Because that's what a Fetty struggled with last year. But from what I saw, I saw Fant drastic improvement in his footwork, and his athleticism actually showed out. He could handle like taking a guy one on one. I thought that he was dropping pretty decent. You know, I can I can swallow all of my statements. If Fant can play at that level for all year, then we have ourselves a hell of a steal at left tackle. Yeah, I I think like Fant. They were getting us ready, right? Like I said before, they were getting us ready. Like yep. Fant, Fant's much improved. He's way better. Trust me. Like he's he's in great shape and he's going to be good next year. And you know, Kevin rolled his eyes. Like <laughs> you couldn't. See I did it more the, than that. I you was couldn't vocal. see it on the podcast. And then he would. And then he was like, <laughs> "I do not want this to happen. This is really bad." But I mean, at this point, they were preparing us to that. This is what they were going to try, and it's so far, it's working. I will never be happier to be proven wrong. You know, yeah. so far <laughs> it's working. Um, and uh, other Seahawks news, you know, that was the uh, NFL preseason road scoring record. Um, I think that the way that the Seahawks compete is uh, is is it kind of leads to stuff like that happening. Yeah, and the defense, man, when you get defensive touchdowns, you run up a score. All right, let's talk about that defense, Kevin. You you notice some things along the defensive line. Oh man, Nathan, for defensive line, what is living the dream? Uh, getting pressure with four guys. That's getting pressure with four down linemen. Yeah, what did what the Seattle do. Seahawks do? They get pressure with four guys. They got they got pressure with four down linemen. 
Frank Clark, constant pressure. Yeah. Cassius Marsh was bringing a lot of pressure from the end. This is against the backups, but still, that's a good sign for him. He needs to become better as a pass rusher, and he, needs, and he played decent against the run. Yeah, he needs to do that if he wants to make the team. That's a fact. He's fighting for a roster spot. He is right on the bubble right now. But it's if there's one guy good. that I was impressed with, that's uh, that's Naz Jones. Yeah, Naz Jones was great. I agree. He played lights out on the interior, did the defensive line. He had the tip that led to the interception. Played like an NBA center, man. He was always up. He was always up he's in the really, quarterback's face. He's really tall. He yeah. is, he's like 6'6 six, six or 6'7. Six, well, he, he also jumps his jumps, and he times when to get to his arms up. And he did that in college really effectively. And it looks like he just has this understanding of when a quarterback's going to make a throw and how to time getting in the way. Yeah, he measured 6'5 out of shoes with 34 and 5 eighth inches uh, arms, which is just that's really long arms too. Yeah. So basically, he's like Charles Barkley out there. Yeah. He, I mean, a lot. Some people thought we reached for him at third round, but he's proving that wrong. Like he's definitely proving that he deserves to be a third round draft pick and find a place onto this roster. Absolutely. Um, Malik McDowell possibly not playing this year. You know, it's it's scary. You know, we we have all these expectations for the team, but you don't know. If someone's going to step up properly, and Nazir Jones looks really good, Cassius Marsh, like you said, it's a vanilla team like the Chargers, but this is a guy who probably saw his career flash before his eyes with all the talent that comes in, and you know he has played well for us before. I really want to see Jaren more from Reed Marsh. Played nicely. Jaren Reed, Jaren Reed, I feel He's is very like, steady. Yes, yeah, Tyba Rubin is exactly what we know he is. A Tyba Rubin, you can just cat take that fucking check to the bank every single week. All right, so then we've got the a lot of young secondary guys getting their first shot out there. Uh, Tedrick Thompson had a couple good plays and one real bad one uh, where he just got beat over the top. And then he just got beat. And then also Shaquille Griffin got beat on a play by the tight end, by Antonio Gates. Uh, I would Ke- like to argue that. Kevin says that, that that was like a defensive breakdown, but... The linebacker should have been dropped deeper. He had the over-the-back coverage. Um, he could have put himself in a better position, but the linebacker should have had the underneath on that. And then I thought Mike Tyson was not good. Oh, he if, got roughed up. If that's the pa- he's got to play better if he wants to make the team. Like the, these guys, uh, there's a lot of competition at the in the secondary right now with safeties packed. You know, uh, Desir played really well. He had that yeah, uh, he had that corner well. blitz, and he also almost got a pick. Uh, him and Griffin almost got a pick. Both of them. Desir just didn't have the hands. Griffin just didn't get his head around. Like he was running stride for stride with a quick wide receiver down the side, and just did not turn for the ball, which can get him in trouble with the officials. Yeah, you know, as the season goes. I really like Griffin, but you got to get your head around there, though, because yep. if you don't get your head around, you're going to get a flag. Eric's right. Yeah. What What I liked about Shaq Griffin is he was getting picked on, and that was you know we can talk about the Chargers being a vanilla team, but Philip, he's an accurate thrower. Rivers. He's, Nathan's favorite quarterback makes, in the world. He can make all the throws. Like yeah. that's what I like about Philip Rivers. Like you, you can't put it. You can't like be like, "Hey, make this throw." He'll you know, expose to this you position. for sure. Yeah. He he can make every throw. The problem is that the the charge went to the backups pretty quick. <laughs> like, <laughs> they were like, "Yeah, whatever. We don't care." I do like that they kept Shaq Griffin out there for uh, some more runs yes. though. After the backups came in, that guy needs seasoning. Yeah, and I don't know. He I wasn't impressed with him. Like a good potato dish. It's all about the seasoning. <laughs> I wasn't impressed with Shaq Griffin, but I wasn't disappointed in him. This is a fine first game from him. All right. So that about covers uh, our thoughts on the game. If you have questions about the game, what you think about it, uh, you know, if you think there's something we really missed, send it in. We'll talk about it next week. Uh, We'll open up the show with it. Uh, 
That's pretty much all I got. There was an E60 about Cam Chancellor. Did anyone watch it? Nope. I had no idea. I was watching the game, and it was on, like, It was on time. right before the game started, so you would have had to, like, you could switch straight over. I was making um, food. Last thing, Rawl seems to have captured the number one running back spot from Lacey. Uh, ideally, I think that's what I would want, too. Do you guys agree with that decision? I do. I did not like Lacey at all. He looked like the Eddie Lacey we have always known. He looked like a bit of a plotter, but, I mean... It's kind of how he runs. Yes. Well, Nathan, you've said this before about Eddie Lacy. Describe his running style. Uh, he's, like, big, and then he, like, lulls you to sleep, and then he makes, like, one good move. And he falls, but he doesn't exactly fall forward. Nope. He always falls backward. He's, like, kind of He's kind of soft. I felt like he, contact. he just went to the side every time, and I don't know. I, I want to see more from Eddie Lacy. You know, I could honestly see Carson overtaking him for the same role if uh, – because the big thing that I think with Eddie Lacy, Eddie Lacy's vulnerable around the ankles – we're talking about if you get to Eddie Lacy's egg legs, he goes down so fast. And if Carson can run strong through, like that was a big thing with Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch, you go after his legs, he will just knee you in the face and yeah. keep going. Well, and Carson, we're talking about Nathan earlier said this is going to be the fourth back. Maybe I mean he can beat out Lacy. All right, so uh, let's get some let's hit some NFL stories real quick before we get to our AFC West preview. Yep. Uh, the LA, the, mostly just this one. The LA, just this one. Maybe maybe two more that I want to meme on. But well, there's a concern trade. It's like a two part trade. I have two two stories that I want to make memes about. But uh, the Bills traded Watkins and a sixth round pick to the Rams for EJ Gaines and a second round pick. I mostly want to talk about this because the Rams got a good player and they're in our division. Can I do a quick sub note of that trade? Sure. That also freed up uh, the Bills. Then traded for Jordan Matthews and then promptly chipped a bone in his sternum and is out. Oh, that sucks. So that's what it's like to be with the Buffalo Bills. Welcome, yep. welcome to Buffalo. But the thing about Jordan Matthews is, Dave and Buster's. is that he's. I would argue that Jordan Matthews is just as productive a player as Sammy Watkins in terms of what you actually get because Sammy Watkins is always injured. Yep. Uh, Watkins is better if he can stay on the field. No question about it. He averaged like two years ago. He averaged like seventeen yards a catch. It's like insane. Yeah, Watkins is like what they're paying Austin to be. Uh, the another thing is they picked up. The Bills, actually, I really like this for them. They picked up a second and a third round pick in these two trades. Watkins, if they just let him walk, they probably get a third rounder from yep. compensatory. So they upgraded that from a third to a second. Then they trade a guy who they'd probably get a fourth compensatory for for a third round pick. So they upgrade that pick, too. Like, they're just doing a good job of, like, kind of extracting a little extra value and trying to get the team better and younger. Are you guys at all worried about Sammy Watkins having a great season for no, the Los Angeles Rams? He plays his he plays with the worst quarterback in the NFL. So I'm not worried about it even a little bit. He plays with Brock Osweiler? Nope, worse. <laughs> Kevin, worse. Who is the number we'll, one we'll pick? See, we'll see Goff outside of a Jeff Fisher offense. I, I withhold judgment until I see him outside of a Jeff yeah, Fisher well, offense. I think that he might... You know, I He might Car- be just below average. I give Carson Wentz a lot of stick, and that's just because Carson Wentz, people think he's really good, and I think he's just like below below average, like 20th best quarterback in the league. Jared Goff is the thirty second best starting quarterback in the league. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm. You know what? If I'm an Eagles fan, I'm very happy that I didn't end up with Goff instead of Wentz. I'll tell you that. Like, here's the thing, though. Blake Bortles <laughs> throws a. Blake Bortles has thrown a uh, touchdown pass to nine NFL teams. Yeah, guess what, Kevin? Blake Bortles, if he throws eight touchdowns in today's tomorrow's game, he will set the NFL record for touchdowns. That's a Blake Bortles fact. <laughs> Thanks. Hashtag Bortles fact. <laughs> Those, that, 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 if you want to follow at Blake Bortles facts on Twitter, it's pretty funny. Uh, okay, um, then we've got uh, two memes, two memes, two new memes, guys. Bucks released Roberto Aguayo, which just cracked yeah, me. Who up. was signed them by Chicago, where he'll go on to be a Pro Bowl Cowboy kicker because that's how this stuff works. 
Yeah, uh, so I watched a pretty good uh, vi- like a break like kicker breakdown yes, by a scout. This was good, and uh, he said that like you know his hot his uh, there's like a hop step you take at the end of a sweep kick like a soccer style kick, and that his is like mechanically like just off, and he was able to he was able to do okay despite that in college, but he's not been able to to you know the mechanics are now hurting him in the pros. So that I think with scouting the someone at the Bucks would have seen this and not traded up to get him you know this just goes that whole kickers and punters a lot of people don't understand them that well yeah they're they're it's hard to coach it too like he might go to the belt bears and have a really good special teams coach and be able to work the kinks out and then be fine completely fine or it just won't affect them for a season or two and they'll come back yeah exactly uh so we've got uh, one last story and that's james harrison you are benched turned down for watt T.J. Watt, my boy, has taken over the starting outside linebacker position in the Pittsburgh Steelers depth chart. About time they got a pass rusher outside of Harrison. 16 sacks, I'm predicting. I'm ready. I'm on the T.J. Watt bandwagon. Harrison They benched a a 44-year-old man. Wow. You you go on Instagram and watch his workouts, man. They're nuts. It's like 1,000 pounds on a sled, and he's just pushing it. I'm like, what the? Yeah. 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 It's nuts, dude. I know. How Uh, much HGH is he on? uh, As much as Peyton Manning's wife. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. All right, you guys, you guys ready to uh, to go to our AFC West preview? Let's do it. All right, let's start off with the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos last season went nine and seven. Their over and under has been set at eight and a half, but under a big favorite. Plus one, you get plus one twenty five if you bet the over. They brought in Ronald Leary and Jamal Charles and lost Demarcus Ware and Russell Okung. How do you feel about the Broncos, Eric? Ooh, well, since you asked me, uh, the Broncos are a team with a fine defense but i feel like that defense is thin they lost some guys i don't like their quarterback at all because Which one? exactly <laughs> exactly and trevor simeon don't you forget got two quarterbacks you got no quarterbacks yeah trevor simeon still in the nfl um yeah it's, it's only been two years eric be nice <laughs> <laughs> i don't here's the point is they have a lot of guys that they're trying out and i know that this team went i'm sorry they won a playoff game with tim tebow but they still traded up to get Tim Tebow, and I know that John Elway is, uh, you know, quarterbacking legend and, and royalty and whatnot. He's done some really great things with this team, winning a Super Bowl two years ago. But I'm really kind of I'm not worried for them because I don't care about the Broncos. I think this is a team that is they need to reload fast after this year, or they're gonna like find themselves as that perennial sucking mediocre seven and nine team. All right. Well, let me let me uh, let me give you some things about the uh, Denver. They're switching to a three four. Yep. Uh, which they did not play a three four before. Uh, they're really. I don't know if they if this personnel. I don't know a lot about Demata Pecco or Kyle Pecco, who which they, those are their nose tackles. That's uh, not the guy from the Bengals, is it? Which I don't yeah, know if these guys. Oh, are, it is the same guy. Yeah, it is yeah. the same guy. Uh, but I do know that they're going to rely on Shane Ray and Demarcus Walker to do a lot of work across from Von Miller. And I'm just not 100% sure exactly how good of an idea that is. Uh, I'm not like a Shane Ray believer. I know there's people out there that think this guy's real good. I'm just, I'm not one of them. And then Brandon Marshall, you know, has like really made his bread as like a really good uh, 4-3 outside linebacker. And now he's going to play inside linebacker. And it's just, they're moving dudes around. I'm not 100% sure why. They still have a great secondary. Keep to leave Chris Harris and TJ Ward are all awesome. Yep. Um, Brandon Langley is going to bring nice depth to that unit. Uh, they really go like four cornerbacks deep because I think Roby is uh, like not horrible. He's just not I think great. Roby's solid. Yeah. And then they replace, they replace Okung with Garrett Bowles. 
which is I think is like a nice. It will probably be similar skill level replacement because um, Okung actually wasn't horrible last season for them. Uh, but the problem is that your quarterbacks Trevor Simeon or Paxton Lynch. Like if Paxton Lynch can't beat Trevor Simeon in a training camp competition, pack it in, dude. You're done. Like this guy's only one year younger than you. Like you gotta beat Trevor Simeon in this competition, and then they bring in Jamal Col- Jamal Charles's corpse to re- to rejuvenate the run game. Ain't gonna happen. So I don't. It was know. just a troll. Kansas I like Simon Ridley. Like I don't know. There's things going on here that I'm not like. Yeah, so you're saying though, it's, it's things are going on. Do but you, it's just, does it it's, look like a viable plan on? It offense? looks like a team that has to play in a very hard division. The, the AFC West has all four of these teams are pretty decent. Yep, and they're switching defenses, and they have a mediocre quarterback, and it just seems like a team that's not quite going to be there. Kevin, and, do you have anything you want to add to? Uh, if I can just interject, Kevin. Yeah, what you got? We we talked about you know how good their cornerbacks are, but when you switch to a three four, you're relying on you know different blitzing schemes. And speed from your linebackers and your, you know, their the outside people. linebackers DeMar- are going to be and DeMarcus fast. And Demarcus Ware was part of what was helping that secondary because he's another solid they're, pass rusher. They're going to need to get something out of Shane Ray. Yeah, like I if, just don't. If they yeah. want this to. Work. I don't see the the quickness they need. I feel like that is going to help them get thin. And the down defensive ends are like nothing to write home about. For, yeah, Wolf for is Wolf is a, a three technique tackle. I don't think that I don't understand him at defensive end. Uh, you brought up Garrett Bowles. I think Garrett Bowles is going to have some trouble his first couple seasons in the NFL. I think he lacks the power against a strong outside defensive end, and you actually saw that in the preseason game. He got ragdolled a couple of times. He gets a little bit greedy. He he plays with a nasty streak, but I just I don't know, man. I just don't think that he has the physicality to handle it. They picked up Ronald Leary, who's a big upgrade for them, but. Honestly, I think their offensive line is not as good. They have some good weapons. Cody Latimer is stepping up, um, but they don't really have a tight end. And when you have young, inexperienced quarterbacks, you kind of need that safety valve. You know, who's that going to be? Jamal Charles for all four games he plays? Uh, you know, I worry about that with this group. And so I don't know what the offense is going to be. I think that Nate. You absolutely nailed it on this defense. The switch to the 3-4 doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Uh, my little insight to add to that, I think Demarcus Walker is a terrible fit for outside linebacker in a 3-4 system. I think that he'd be a better fit for pass rushing defensive end in a 3-4 system than outside linebacker. No, that's, a guy that's who carries. they're like, going to use him, though. They're going to... Yeah, and this is that'd be like putting Michael Bennett at outside linebacker. That's just, you're not using his skill set right. I don't. Know. I don't really understand what they're exactly what they're doing. Uh, that's kind of why I put them at nine and seven. I think this is a team that has the talent. The talent's there, but they need a better quarterback. And honestly, see like six and ten downside too. Like this team could be kind of bad if things go if things break wrong. In, in, like if Von Miller gets hurt, basically, because he's so good. We yeah. didn't. We didn't. I didn't gush, but you know, Von Miller is amazing. That's you what you want to say it anymore. Von Miller is great. A lot of those nine wins are because I love Von Miller so much. Uh, Kevin, I have these uh, Denver Broncos at seven and nine. Uh, you know, I'm bridging the gap because I have them at eight and eight, yeah. and I think we just hit the three numbers that I believe they'll land on one of these three. It'll be seven, eight, or nine wins. All right, let's head on over to Kansas City, where the Chiefs brought in Andrew Tiller, Cam Thomas, and Marcuston Huff, and lost Nick Foles, Jeremy Macklin, Jamal Charles, and Don Terry Poe. Which is a really fancy way of saying nothing changed that much about Kansas City's roster except for gaining rookies. Well, Don Terry Poe and Macklin, I think. Don, are, Ter- Don Terry Poe's pro football focus rating last year, Kevin, was 43. I- I'm aware, but he played a lot of snaps for them. <laughs> yes, but I mean, they lost a lot of they lost bad a, snaps. He's like 340 pounds. They lost a lot of person. 
And Jeremy uh, Macklin, I feel like, was underused in this offense. He's a big presence. And Jeremy Macklin got hurt all the time. Okay, let, let me talk about this a sec. The Chiefs went 12-4 and four last year. Their over and under is set at 9, minus 125 for the over, over being a slight favorite. Kevin, start with you this time. How do you feel about these Kansas City Chiefs? Uh, Tyreek Hill's a freak. Let's start with that. And they're just going to be looking for more and more ways to put the ball in his hand and to basically use DeAnthony Thomas as their own poor man's Tyreek Hill to go with him. Yeah, so you're so, saying Tyreek Hill's been a big hit in the NFL? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, just, right. uh, you know, he's a world beater. Um, <laughs> Double zing. There you go. You guys. Uh, him and Travis Kelsey are going to be what the offense goes through. Alex Smith is going to be the game manager. He's always been. And they're going to rotate people through. You know, I think Kareem Hunt was a good pickup for them. He out of Toledo. He's a he's a solid running back. Him, West, and Ware will make a decent running game. Um, they won't really miss Charles that much because they've learned how to play without him. Offensive line is fine. Uh, defense, it's going to really depend on health. They have an older defense. Yeah, um, with some health questions. I love this defense. Chris like, Jones and Benny I, Logan on the interior, those real good. Still they have, have, their defensive tackles are still good. Still have Justin Houston, still have Derek Johnson, still have Tom Bahali, still have Eric Berry, still have Marcus Peters, but a lot of these guys have trouble staying healthy. Yep. Like A lot of those guys I just said are struggle to stay healthy. Uh, here's the big question I have coming into this team. Eric, maybe you have a strong opinion on this. This team spent a first-round pick on a quarterback, a high first-round yeah. pick on a quarterback. And traded stuff away to get him. Patrick Mahomes Jr., or the second. Okay. They bring in Kareem Hunt, who I think I think is going to overtake everyone on the running back depth chart. So, do you think that we might have like an all rookie backfield here by the end of the season in Kansas City? I was going to fire the question about Mahomes over to Kevin, which was I think it's funny that Kevin started because <laughs> you asked me about quarterback, and like I don't know Mahomes from college, but I was going to ask you when you were talking about the, you know the whole roster, Alex Smith, he's never been. That number one overall pick that he was drafted yeah, this is to is a good be. way to approach it. Yep. I like it. Is is he? I mean, everyone regresses. This isn't a guy who's who's really done a whole lot. Is Kevin? Is there a quarterback controversy in Kansas City? So, I don't think there should be one because Patrick Mahomes needs like a season on the bench. Okay, here's Badly. the here's the thing. This guy's wild. Um, Alex Smith, you know what you're getting to the point where there is a stat that is named after Alex Smith called Alex. It stands for average line expectancy. It's basically the idea of the stat, though, is is that how far did they throw compared to the line to gain on a first down? And Alex Smith is the only quarterback in the NFL with a negative number in this stat because he never throws it past the sticks because he doesn't throw very far ever. Nope. Okay, that's why Tyreek Hill is so successful in the, and D'Anthony Thomas is so successful in this offense because they're real good at getting screens. He's Chad Pennington with scrambles. I don't... Alex Smith is is fine. He's a steady hand. Yes. He's the 20th to 25th best quarterback in the NFL, and you know exactly what you're getting. Pat Mahomes is a total wild card. If they drop he, below 500, I think Mahomes gets a lot of the, play time. If they are at if they are at 4 and 4 and the offense is really sputtering in after week 8, like this team is going to give Mahomes a shot because one, Andy Reid is a quarterback whisperer. Yes. He gets great seasons out of guys that we see later are not very good, Nick Foles. <laughs> so he, he can he can work with Mahomes and make him better. He knows how to get the most out of his guys. So even if Mahomes has weaknesses now, he'll do a good job of working around those. Okay? Except for clock management. If Pat Mahomes is not good at clock management, neither is Andy Reid. <laughs> uh, another thing that bothers me a little bit about this team is I really wish they would have added better depth at linebacker. They just went and got like KPL and drafted Ukemeo Ligue, who I don't even, I don't know much about, but he's a fifth round pick. So I'm assuming he's not great. Like this team, 
last year really struggled because they have two guys, Tom Bahali and Justin Houston, who get generate most of their pass rush. All of their pass well, rush. Tom Bahali's already on the pup list, and Justin Houston gets hurt every year. So, like, they are putting a lot of pressure on these guys. And, like, D. Ford is a bust at this point. Like, we can just call it. Like, D. Ford, they spent a first round on picking him on, on him, hoping he would provide that depth, and he just doesn't. He's not very good. So, I feel like Chris Jones is their next best pass rusher, honestly. Like, he has a lot of physical if, tools, if you're but playing that's th- still, like, six sacks a year. Yeah, if you're playing the 3-4 and you're expecting your right defensive end to get a lot of sacks, he better be named J.J. Watt. That's yep. all I'm going to say. Because that, that's, that's not a plan for success. Wait a minute. Watt, Houston... Justin Houston. There you go. Did it. Got there. All <laughs> right. Let's go. Kevin went full Adam West Batman to, on us. Let's go on to rec. Let's go on to records here. Uh, I have the Chiefs at ten and six. Kevin, where do you got them? I have them at nine and seven. Ooh. Eric. Uh, as much as I kind of harped on them, I I have them at eleven and five. So who has them making the playoffs? I do. I have them in a glut of teams at ten and six with the Texans, the Chiefs, a couple other teams we haven't talked about yet, the Ravens, and I have them as the one of the odd teams out. Ooh. I have them nine and seven on the outside looking in. I have them as the third seed. I'm expecting Alex Smith to have a golden year. He's going to pr- kind of protect the the fort. Well, strictly because remember when they drafted Mahomes, he wasn't. I remember he wasn't pleased about it, and I I think he doesn't want to be told, "Hey, you're you're going to be that guy as we wait for to season this quarterback." You know, and I I feel like I feel like the Chiefs are still going to be very good. All right, you know, I think a lot of people agree with you. Let's head. Let's head to the team that I forgot is now alphabetically ahead of the Oakland Raiders. That's the Los Angeles Chargers. The Los Angeles Chargers went five and eleven last year. Their over and under is set at seven and a half. Over a healthy minus one thirty five favorite. They brought in Trey Boston and Russell Okung. They lost Brandon Flowers, DJ Fluker, King Dunlop, and Manti Teo, who sucked last year. So I'm just gonna. But I'm, yeah, I just did. wanted to throw that out there. He was real bad last year. <laughs> uh, let's. Who's? I haven't started yet. And you know what? I want to start this because Good, I like these Chargers. And I know we just kicked the – we beat the brakes off the Chargers last week. But I think that there's a clear hierarchy of tiers in the AFC. And I think that this team is solidly in the not-really-good team tier with Pittsburgh and New England. <laughs> but, like, the these are teams that could be pretty good tier with, like, seven other teams. And I think they're right there. This team has a very real pass rush with Bosa and Ingram. These guys are both really good. They bring in Mibane to kind of stabilize the interior defensive line. Okay, so now they're going to be able to generate pass rush. So even if their cornerbacks are still kind of meh, if you generate pass rush, you can get away with it a little bit, right? They, yeah. they have decent linebackers, but their offense is amazing. They have Philip Gordon, Philip Rivers, Melvin Gordon. They have all these wide receivers, Keenan Allen, Tyrell Williams, Travis Benjamin, uh, Dontrell Inman. Like, these guys are all pretty good. Mike Williams is on the pup list. Their rumor is that he'll be back in the middle to late end of the season. Uh, so he also will provide some some weapons for them. They bring in Dan Feeney to compete in the interior offensive line, and they bring in Okung to stabilize one of the tackle spots. I think that this team has a chance to be very... Oh, and they have Forrest Lamp, too. I can't forget that. Well, Forrest Lamp's out for the year. He got injured. Oh, he did? He's out for the year? Brutal. I thought he was just, like, like a little hurt. Uh, it's a knee injury, oh. and uh, last I heard, they're saying he might be out for the year. So either... Yeah, this is the thing that happens to this team every year, and this is what I was going to get at, is that this team can go really far, but they are not super deep, and they always seem to have the worst injury luck of any team in the NFL. They lose a ton of snaps every year to injuries. Uh, they were second last year in snaps lost to injuries. I am afraid of what I want. Them, I don't know if there's this. I want them to be good. I think this team has a lot of potential. I like the roster they've constructed, but there's a chance that 
two or three key guys get hurt, and this team is seven and nine or six and ten again. Can you please uh, explain the Antonio Gates playing situation? Because this is oh, the best I, story ever. I love it. So okay, they they bring they have Hunter Henry. <laughs> Hunter Henry's really developing. He's a second. They picked him in the second round. He's very a, good. Very he's good. A tight very end. good young tight end. Antonio Gates. He has found the fountain of youth. They just keep getting production out of him year after year after year. He's been in the league since two thousand and three. Then's entering his fifteenth year in the NFL. There you go. They go. Okay. Well, we want, we can't, we keep Antonio, of course. Like he's he's great, but we don't want to wear him out. We don't want to we don't want to overuse him. So here's what we're gonna do. We're only gonna use Antonio on third downs and in goal line situations. He's basically become the football equivalent of a closer. We only bring him in to seal the deal. It's um it's amazing. It's a it's a great idea. He's an um, he's an incredible athlete. He's one of the best of his era. He's a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer in my opinion. Like he revolutionized tight end. In the modern era, him and Tony Gonzalez, and if so, as, as if you thought Tam, Tony Gonzalez is a slam dunk tight end, Antonio Gates is even more, in my opinion. Yes, yeah, those dunk two tight end. and Jason Witten, I think, are the three out of this era yeah. that should be uh, locks. Witten's just steady production for years and years and years. He played the position the way you he did everything you'd want him to do. But yeah, I love Antonio Gates, and uh, I think it's really cool that they're using him as the you know football equivalent of the closer. <sighs> the Chargers. Man, I, I'm never going to forgive you for this. PSL I have their Phil Rivers. Yeah, I know. I after here's the thing, guys. Uh, listening to this podcast, when you hang out with Nathan and Kevin, you know they they really dig deep on the football stats. So it's it's really fun to like listen to what they say. But then you have your own opinions. But then you have Nathan constantly like Philip Rivers is the greatest football player. He, he eh. has nine kids and he knows all their names. <laughs> <laughs> he's so smart. He's he's that's like the opposite of Antonio Cromartie. I. I <laughs> <laughs> that was low. That was low, Nathan. Hey, I, we all saw that episode of Hard Knocks. Oh, no, we like, I got, uh, we got um, Deshaun. We got Thomas. <laughs> uh, we got the other one. I got a girl. She's two. Uh, is that her name? A girl that's two? CTE is a real problem yeah. in the NFL. Uh, also, wrap it up tight. Don't have babies with like seven different moms. That <laughs> I'll say this about the LA Chargers. Too. Is every year I fall for this team. Like, man, you know, they've got this. They've got that. I don't know why I have them at such a high record, which we'll get into in a second, but I feel like this team lives and dies by, one, Philip Rivers being consistent, because let's face it, Nathan, sorry, towards the end of the year, I don't know, the last third of the year, like a pretty big chunk, not like at the end of the year, he kind of like the wheels of consistency seem to fall off Philip Rivers. And I also think this team goes as far as Joey Bosa on defense will take them. I think that he is a J.J. Watt-like talent. I feel like him holding out last year, and I was like, who the hell is this guy? Well, he's 22 years old. He's very, very good. He can stop the run. He can stop the pass. He can get to the quarterback. Joey Bosa is really good, and I feel like those two things will determine how good the Chargers are this year. Let me let me address this, because last year in the month of December, he was great for the first three months. In the month of December, Phillip Rivers played four games and completed only 53% of his passes and was pretty bad. I'm I'm going to just say it. But he was the whole off. Their offensive line was in shambles. They, they lost the team, every wide receiver. They had no wide receivers I'm not left. Everything like the on team, Rivers. The team was like in flames at that point, and they had nothing to play for. So I really don't blame Phil Rivers. I mean, because of that month, it was the first season since 2012 that Philip Rivers completed less than 66 percent of his passes. I think like that says a lot about the consistency and talent of Phil Rivers. Uh, he's just a really good player. I mean, yeah, he had a personal worst for interceptions last year, and he had his worst completion percentage since 2007 last year. Like, it was kind of a down year. But he was really pushed to play with a bunch of guys who were 
just he not, was playing not with a good. sub Aaron Rodgers wide receiver core by the and, end of the season. And, uh, some, and when Keenan Allen went out, maybe at they the beginning of the season. Scraps. And this will tell you about the Pro Bowl. He still made the Pro Bowl. Yep, because <laughs> no one, no As one wants ninth to go. alternate. No one um, wants to go. You know, this team has. Uh, I, I like their wide receiver core. Uh, Travis Benjamin, Keenan Allen, Tyra Williams, Dontrell Inman, uh, Artavis Scott as a rookie has a lot of physical talent. Mike Williams, don't, don't leave him out. Mike Williams, play right if he away. makes in, uh, they, I think they upgraded in the long run. They've upgraded their offensive line. I think Feeney will end up winning a starting job. If Lamp's able to play, that's a big upgrade for them. Uh, Rivers is amazing. Hunter Henry's going to come along. He is an excellent pass catching tight end. Um, I like their running backs. Their running backs are very solid. Uh, Bosa and Melvin Ingram as pass rushers, like Nate said, excellent. I like their corners. I hate their safeties. Um, I hope that Trey Boston and Rayshon Jenkins make a push for starting safety because yeah. I do not believe in a uh, Jaleel Adai and anyone who's cut by Indy. Trey, Bo- Trey Boston is is a is, Trey Boston is, is a solid player. Yeah, he should he should make his way up the depth chart. Which I Casey think. Hayward's good. Jason Verrett's pretty good. And I think Desmond King, the rookie out of Iowa, is a really strong nickelback. Like, his straight-line speed is why you don't see him on the outside. Him being able to play nickel for this team, I think, is a really good fit. This team has a really talented starting core. I also like that Cardale Jones uh, trade. He's he's a good backup for the system. Learning behind Philip Rivers with a couple years, he could really be their next option. Like he's a good option to have. Yeah, I mean, Philip Rivers thirty five years old. If he, three years from now he's thirty eight and he decides to 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 pack it up, or they decide to move on, maybe then Cardell's ready. Yeah, because that's about how long it's going to take. Yeah, he needs to short up his throwing motion. He needs to get more consistent. There's a lot of stuff he needs, but he also knows that. So I think he'll be he'll be able to be patient. Yeah. He's aware that he needs work. It's it's actually kind of endearing. It makes it you is. like him. Um, yeah, this team is good but thin, and injuries are common. So they're they're a question mark. They could be excellent. Like if everyone stays healthy, this is one of the best teams in the AFC. Don't forget they get to play a last place schedule too. That yeah. is not insignificant when that picks you up a game against like the Jaguars. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the Jaguars, the Browns, and the Browns. Yep. Yeah, they get to play the Jaguars and the Browns because they got last. The That's, Jets, right? Well, they they play the AFC East. That, oh, you you only pick up two games, and it, well, it's still two games against the AFC East. It's two games when you pick up two games though, and it's Jags Browns. Like that's pretty sweet. Yeah, I mean, let's face it: Jags Browns Jets. There's three just like check, check, check wins. Probably the Bills too now. Yeah, the Bills yeah. are Bills are struggling. They're on the struggle bus. Uh, yeah. All right, let's go ahead and t- take it up. I got the Chargers at ten and six, slipping into the playoffs as the last seed. I have my ten and six, my number five seed. I have uh, because of the schedule. I have them at ten and six as the sixth seed. All right, so we have the Chargers as a, I would say, firmly a fringe playoff contender. Yes. Uh, the last team we have to cover is the Oakland Raiders. I, I can't do it. The Oakland Raiders. Oakland Raiders went 12-4 and four last year. <laughs> they brought in Jared Cook, Marshall Newhouse, and are going to try to reclaim Corderell Patterson's career. They lost, they lost Perry Riley, Stacey McGee, and Brendan Trowick. Uh, let's start off with Kevin. Kevin, how do you, Sorry, feel, how do you feel about uh, these... These Oakland Raiders. The Oakland Raiders did not, you know, for all that they lost, they didn't really lose that much. For all that they gained, um, I don't think it changed their identity that much. I don't, I don't know. Why did they not bring back Perry Riley? It doesn't make any sense. He's still a free agent. Like, Markel Lee is, I do not think he is the answer at, at inside linebacker. 
Uh, Perry Riley and Bruce Irvin are like best friends in real life. Like, bring him back for a veteran minimum or whatever. Like, that it just is doesn't a make little bit weird. I agree. Like, he had a great season last year. The only reason that he hasn't been able to stick on an NFL roster is because he gets hurt all the time. Yes. So, like, he finally plays eight really great games for you and really wants to play for your team, and you just let him go for no reason. Like, this de- this defense is not good enough to justify things like that. You know, I think what will end up happening is they'll have some struggles and they'll be picking him up for the third preseason game, and he already knows the system, so it won't matter, yeah. honestly. Um, so, with this squad, I see Marshawn Lynch coming in and solidifying the run game. Keep your eye on Elijah Hood. He's really athletic, and he's bigger than, like, DeAndre Washington, for instance. So, he's a guy, like, I, I like their running core. I think that it's a solid yeah. group. Kalechi Osamele is, is real good. Like, they have a good offensive line. Their, their offensive line is one of the best in the NFL. Yeah, it's it's a top five offensive line. Uh, and I think Marshall Newhouse is actually a pretty good pickup for them. Um, mm-hmm. He'll do better there than he did on the Giants, it, for sure. And the thing is, is, it's a real soft landing spot for David Sharp. Like, David Sharp playing tackle, it's like, now this could go really poorly, but it's like a real soft landing spot when you get to land onto this offensive line. Like, and yeah, he's a really big guy. Losing Donald Penn. Chelsea will make him better. Losing Donald Penn hurts. Yes, like the, he is really freaking good, and they need to get him in like as soon as possible. Yes, this whole thing is is bizarre to me. But like, pay that man his money. Like, like they need to get <laughs> Donald Penn and Gary and Conley onto the field. Gary and Conley will be on the field. Like that's that's a situation that's going to resolve itself very soon. Um, charges have been dropped. They figured out that the whole thing. But he's still on the pup list. Like he's it's he's not like, it's not NFI. Like he has an injury too. So, like, they need to, like, make sure he's fully healthy as well. I'm not really worried about that, and he is going to immediately be their best player at uh, on their defensive back. Um, Jared Cook, I think, was a good pickup for them. I think that's a solid not, pickup for a pass. You're not a big Reggie guy. Nelson fan, Kevin? Uh, I think that I'm, I'm a big Gary on family okay, Conley fan. fan. Okay. Reggie, Reggie Nelson's fine, solid. Carl Joseph, I think, is a pretty good player. Yeah. Um, their defensive backs have gone from one of the worst units in the league to an average unit. And as we've talked about with the Seahawks offensive line, going from terrible to average is really good when you have yeah. a strength in front of you, which yeah. they Con- have Khalil Mack, they have Bruce Irvin, they have pass rushers. I think Eddie Vanderdo stepping in at defensive tackle is going to be a good pickup for them. That's yeah, strength. I, I like I like um, Melifonwu and Conley to like solidify this secondary. I do, I don't know if Re- I don't think Reggie Nelson's really that good anymore. I think he's kind of, it's kind of like over the hill for him. I think Melifonwu will get on the field. I'm just not sure he can overtake Nelson this year. Here, here's the but thing. he makes Nelson expendable it's, for next year, they, which is good for their cap. I wish they would have added something that would make it so Khalil Mack's not going to get like quadruple teamed on every play and make that justifiable. Like it's just. You're not a big Mario Edwards Jr. fan? Mm, or Andy Vanderdoes. Yeah, no. Eddie Vanderdoes is a, just a solid defensive tackle. Right. He's going to fill space, but like I don't they, you don't need to double team him. No. This team was going to score points and they're going to give up points sometimes in bunches. Like there are going to be games where this team just gives up like 35 points and you're like how does this defense with Khalil Mack This give up team is points? like a, the ultimate shootout team. They're going to have those games constantly. I think Shalik Calhoun is a big thing to think about with this squad. Shalik Calhoun was an elite college pass rusher as an outside linebacker. If they can, on third down, kick Bruce Irvin in to defensive end across from Khalil Mack and bring in Shalik Calhoun to blitz off the edge, that is, an, that is a really strong pass rushing core. On the, but on their but opening, I don't know if Shalik Calhoun's got that player yet. Yeah, and I was going to say, on their, on their opening depth chart, they listed both of those guys as outside linebackers. Yeah, but I mean, Bruce Irvin was listed as an outside linebacker, but they'd still bump him to end and on the Seahawks, you know? Yeah, I mean, it would like, be we nice. We know that's a thing that can happen. Yeah, it, it'd be cool. If Ken Orton Jr. is the defensive coordinator, so he knows all about that. You yep. know, he, he, he's aware. Uh, that's one thing I think that this team is kind of deficient in. I'm not a huge Jack Del Rio fan. I did think he always kind of got a bad rap, but he seems like just a slightly above average coach. He's fine. He's not great. 
Uh, I think the wide receivers are a little overrated. Like, I'm, I like Amari Cooper. Actually, you know what? Maybe not. Maybe it's just my problem is Derek Carr throwing to them. I was going to say, you are, you're <laughs> uh, the also, ultimate Derek Carr criticizer. I like Cordero Patterson as their third or fourth wide receiver. That's a good fit for him. It's, it's going to be nice for them to get a good kick returner, too. Like, yeah. they don't, like, DeAndre Washington was pretty good last year, but then now they can just go. They but can, Cordero Patterson's one of the best in the NFL. And DeAndre Washington now is completely expendable for them. If they feel like they need to get rid of him, they can. Yeah, which uh, I think either him or Elijah Hood's not making the roster. Are you guys really into the Marshawn Lynch Kool Aid? Like we all love Marshawn. You know, he's he did so much for this team. I, and we love him, but okay, I'm going to be completely honest. I don't get it totally. Uh, he's he's uh, I love Marshawn. He's the best person ever who's breathed. <laughs> but, <laughs> but but he he took a year off of football, and he retired for a reason. Like he was dinged up, you know. And I just like worry that he's going to come back. He's going to. And it's it's going to be hard for him. It's going to be harder for him than than people think. And he gets to run behind a great offensive line. He'll be better than whatever they had last year. Yep. But I don't know if at this point in his career, is he the 15th best running back in the NFL? Is he the 20th best? I mean, if he came back and tore it up, I wouldn't be stunned because the raw talent was there. When he retired, he still was the league leader in elusive rating. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he was at the top of the league in the pro football focus uh, advanced stats. So, yeah, he was still great. But... I'm just I, I kind of he's get an scared. older running back he's 31 years old you know like there's there's real there's real issues here that we have to address plus I'm just gonna say I just don't I'm not in crazy about Derek Carr either like I, there's a lot of hype around Derek Carr and I just the more tape I watch of Derek Carr the more I'm just like eh he reminds me of like Kirk Cousins I'm not which like- I like Kirk Cousins a lot but it's just like the opposite thing where no one talks about Kirk Cousins so I'm like oh I gotta hype him up it's the opposite with Derek Carr I'm like I gotta cool this off a little bit well I don't mean to like you know <laughs> like, Kirk Cousins is fine he's the 15th best quarterback in the league but why does he why is he gonna make 33 million dollars next year you know it's like because that's what they're gonna do they're gonna yep. franchise him again he's well I I talked I told I just said that you were the ultimate Derek Carr criticizer but I mean you do break down his his film and you are he has some bad throws. Yeah, he does. Just he really does. Naked bad throws. He's inaccurate. Like he he'll throw a ball sometimes and it will go like in a direction where I'm like, what were you even trying to do there? But, like the ball but he does make some beautiful throws direction. too. That's what's weird about him. Well, he's just not consistent. He's inconsistent. That's, he's that's, a game of dice. Yeah. But I'll say this to to lend some uh, some support to your argument. Before his uh, leg fell off last year, he had a really you know he kind of defined this this team was like you know headed to the AFC championship he's a good leader for sure he gets I, the team fired up I'm expecting him. some regression from him yeah I can dig it and with that uh I think people are you know I think that is how the wheels start to fall off for a season four team is when there's all these expectations with oh if, if he would have been healthy last year we could have made it to the Super Bowl and now we have Marshawn Lynch and we only have two more years in Oakland and I, I want to say one more thing I, about Marshawn I think that's quick. why the over under at ten though Eric to back up your point yeah. is he's, he, it's even money like people are actually betting the under like people that people are starting to see this team as like maybe we should pump the brakes a little bit on the Oakland Raiders hype. Like Especially think, with a number one seed schedule. With yeah, a, with a, they have a harder winning schedule. schedule. Talk about Marshawn, Kevin. Uh, real quick, the only thing with Marshawn, you know, we've seen this in the past before, though, where a running back will sit out for a bit, come back, and they've had a chance for their body to heal up. So I think that can could you be name the that? other side of the coin. Can you name uh, uh, Ricky Williams? Oh, okay. I forget all about but He Ricky was a little Williams. younger when that happened. But uh, I could th- see Marshawn Lynch th- coming that- back and being healthy enough to have one good season. Before yeah. it kind of catches up to him again, I agree. But I I agree that I think you cannot bank that he's going to be five yards per carry, twelve hundred yards. Another thing too is Eric, you said they had play first. They play a second place schedule, 
because they they lost the tiebreaker last year to the Chiefs. Oh, my mistake. I forgot. Right? Didn't the Chiefs take the two seed on, like, the last game of the season? Right? Yeah. Remember that? That was super weird. Yes. So, they, so they, their pickup games are the Ravens, and they picked up um, the two Texans won that division. Titans? I think they picked up Titans, which actually is not that yeah, good. Actually, Ravens, Ravens and Titans are not Ravens teams and t- that are easy I think to Ravens and beat. Titans are the teams that are in the mix with them in that second tier yes. of, like, that big that big bunch of teams. Those beat. are going to be really important games for them. All right, so uh, let's let's go. I got the Raiders at ten and six, winning the division on tiebreakers in a three-way tie with the Chargers and the Chiefs. I have them at ten and six, just out of the playoffs. I have them at eleven and five, winning the division by one game, number three seed in the AFC. All right, so let's just. I'm just going to go over really quickly because I keep talking about the tiers in the AFC. Like we all agree, the Steelers and the Patriots are like the cream of the crop here, right? Uh, depending on the Steelers' defense, yeah. Yeah. I mean, now that T.J. Watt is the starting outside linebacker, yeah. Let me all, see those cornerbacks play all at all. Good, buddy. So that so then the next and that offense is going to be incredible. The offense is going to be great. That, that, they're going to win a lot you, of games. Did you know 48, this, is, 44. this is basically <laughs> the first time they're ever going to have Le'Veon Bell, Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, and Martavis Bryant all in the field at the same time. Uh, don't say that. Martavis Bryant gets, still gets suspended. <laughs> I know, but they haven't had all four of those guys <laughs> on the field at the same time, which it, it, that's crazy to me. That the offense was so good when they haven't been able to pull that off. Yeah. Uh, okay, so then the, the big bunch of teams that could be in the playoff mix here, we got the Ravens, the Titans, the Texans, the uh, the Dolphins, the Chargers, and the Chiefs, and the Broncos. Like I feel like all these teams are pretty close together. I'd say the Dolphins and the Bills or Broncos are kind of falling off yep. of this tier. But they, they're, they're like the bottom part of this tier. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Dolphins had a great season if they can just survive Jay Cutler's horrible attitude. I, I would be utterly shocked if the Dolphins had a good season. <laughs> Adam Gase, uh, he's, the one who got, he's the one who dripped every last drop of talent out of uh, smoking Jay Cutler for Yeah, one but year. that Jay Cutler season was worse than last season from Tannehill. So I, I just want to throw that out there. Yeah, they're going to be relying on Joseph on Joseph Adai having a big year, and that is again not something you can rely on. All right, so uh, that's our that's our AFC West breakdown. That make puts us done with the AFC. It also puts us at fifty seven minutes for this podcast. So that means we have two minutes to do ads and movie club. Kevin, hit us up with those ads, and I'm going to pick a movie we can talk about in a minute or less. You know, first of all, we're going to do big shouts for Arthur, our newest uh, Patreon. Thank you, Arthur, for yeah. following us. Uh, appreciate that uh, Marshawn Lynch level of production in our bank accounts. And with that in mind, if you'd like to hit us up, we are on Patreon as Seahawks Nest. You can also talk to us uh, on Facebook or Twitter. We are yeah. Facebook.com slash The Seahawks Nest and Twitter.com slash Seahawks Nest. Yeah, uh, hit us up with anything you want us to talk about or um, we're also around on Reddit. You know, uh, if you see us, go ahead and respond. Uh, Give us any likes, reviews, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Yeah, we're re- also we do have two more spots for uh, fantasy football. Oh, we're at ten. We can accommodate up to twelve, but we'll just draft with ten if we have to. Uh, That's a fact. One one thing I wanted to uh, to make uh, clear to to everyone is that we are almost on the first page when you Google Seahawks podcast, and it's really big deal when you get onto the first page of Google. So if you just like you know, tweet out a link to our podcast this week, uh, it uh, or just to our podcast page on SoundCloud. It really would help us. So I know that's like a weird, really weird ask, but uh, please do that because we're really close to using our Google Foo to get onto that front page. Yep, Google right. Foo. So now we have less than a minute. Um, we can just go over. It's fine. No, go over. Go over what? I mean, we gotta. We gotta keep it tight, Kevin. We gotta keep it tight. That's right. If this podcast is known for anything, it's for organization. 
and for playing within the boundaries. <laughs> All right. Well, this week, <laughs> this week we have a movie coming out, uh, Logan Lucky. So I thought this is the movie I'd originally planned to talk about. So I'm just gonna have to just throw it out there. Uh, so I thought it would be great if we talked about Steven Soderbergh a little bit, but specifically my pick for the most underrated Steven Soderbergh movie. That is the Gina Carano, Michael Fassbender. Interesting. Haywire. I did not expect you to ever do this movie. Okay. So Steven Soderbergh, uh, takes, takes his own spin. Uh, he takes his own spin on like the, uh, how, how would you describe this film? Eric, you've, you've seen it? Yeah, I've obviously. Seen it. Yeah. I, uh, I searched this movie out cause I wanted to see it. It's like an action thriller. Like it's like a um Yeah, it's it's like a it's not exactly like Atomic Blonde. It's not like the female special agent. I okay, you know what I would say it's, this? It's a little more like like those movies are hard hitting in like a like almost comical way. This movie it's like there is a a, a clinical brutality with which Gina Carano disposes yeah, of her it enemies. Yeah, it is almost and not not at all in plot, but I feel like sp- if I can kind of sound stupid, spiritually it's like the female John Rambo. Sure, yeah, I can totally dig that because she's yeah. like, she's kind of strong. That's a good elevator talk, pitch. She doesn't talk a lot. Yeah. Um, it's got a lot of really good actors in this movie: Channing Tatum, Bill Paxton, Ewan McGregor, Fastbender, uh, Fastbender, Michael Douglas, Antonio Banderas. Like, there's a lot of like surprisingly large number of heavy hitters in this movie. Well, you know why they did that? Why? It's the same thing you talk about with Superman. Uh, you know, Henry Cavill, who is actually Gina Carano's boyfriend. They didn't want to give him a lot of lines in Superman because they don't know if he can act or not. Gina Carano came over from not the UFC, but the other MMA, uh, Strike Strike Force. Strike Force, yes. Strike Force. Uh, she is she's a real life ass kicker. She will destroy you. Um, and she has all her own stunts in this movie too, and they look great. Yeah, yeah really good stuff. She work. is. I, she's got. Sorry, Ronda Rousey. I know that everyone wanted you to be Hollywood's darling. I think Gina Carano is not only beautiful. But she can kick ass, and uh, they, it, I felt like in this movie they didn't want to, or Steven Soderbergh didn't really want to rely on her acting because I think this is her first movie. Uh, she did another movie called In the Blood, which I think came after this movie. Uh, she had been in she had been in three movies before this, but they were ah. like direct to video. Well, okay. One was direct to video. And, oh wait, that's an, that's a reality TV show. So yeah, just a direct to video movie called Blood and Bone. Was it by WWE? Oh, and. Uh, is she in In the Blood, or am I making that up? No, she's in In the Blood. Okay, I just want to make sure I didn't... But she's also in Deadpool. She was uh, Angel Dust in Deadpool. Yeah. She's in, she's in um, uh, Fast and Furious 6. She was like a, the like one of the antagonists. She was the female antagonist yep. in that movie. Yeah, I, I will just say that they kind of... T- it felt like they took her lines away, and I feel like that was why they had this big supporting acting crew. Another thing, too, is I think... Schoderberg can get people to show up for these movies because of the way he films them. So you look at like Logan Lucky coming out this week... Which looks like uh, Redneck Ocean's Eleven, and I'm so excited for it. Yes, um, mm-hmm. uh, these o- the Ocean's movies were also directed by Soderbergh. the The way he films the movies is so clinical, efficient. He edits them all himself. It's he paces them very quickly. He doesn't do a bunch of extraneous takes. The rumors are he could finish a movie like a, a blockbuster movie faster than anyone else. So I mean, for these guys like Ewan McGregor, they're like, "Hey, this is how much we're going to pay you. You have to show up for a, a, a month." It's like, wow, that's a great deal because a lot of these big movies take a really long time to make. So I'm going to guess that he can get a lot of these people to show up just because of how, like, his reputation, you know, as a good filmmaker. Well, that makes sense. And he makes you look good. Yeah. This movie is really divisive. Like, Rotten Tomatoes has an 80%, but the audience score was terrible. 41%. Uh, D-plus cinema score. Like, this movie divides people. I will say the pacing in this movie is fine, but where the movie goes isn't really clear. Like, yeah, I wasn't ever really rooting for any character. 
the things that I liked most about it was were like Soderbergh, how efficient Gina Carano's character is. Like, there's a uh, <laughs> a scene in a hotel room where she basically has to, you know, destroy Michael Fassbender, and yep. it's I because I I do watch some Conan O'Brien. I remember Fassbender talking about this and how. He he credited Steven Soderbergh with making him look good because he had to be really tough on Gina Carano, and she was saying, you know, be tough on me. And as tough as he was, she still had to let up on how easily <laughs> she just destroyed him. If you watch you watch that fight scene, it's a lot of grappling. It's a lot of oh, you know, the actor's going to get his arm broken here because Gina Carano is just all over him. And that's that's what I took out of the movie. What I enjoyed from it is. How awesome this character that Gina Carano played was! I don't know her name in the movie. I can't. Mallory, remember. yeah, Mallory Kane. Yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, I thought I think I find the movie quite enjoyable. It's just a spy. It's a spy thriller. Channing Tatum's fun in to this watch. movie too. It's got good. It's got good stunts. Yeah, Channing Tatum's right at the beginning. Yep. Uh, like, it's it's a good scene. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I I can't tell uh, I can't tell you much more than that. I don't want to because I think kind of everything's a spoiler in this movie because there's like a lot of like ins and outs and it's kind of conspiracy based and stuff. So uh, the other movie that I saw with Gina Carano, uh, you want to talk Soderbergh? I'm just going to hijack this to talk with Gina Carano. <laughs> uh, In the Blood, not a bad movie, and it shows more of her acting chops and just as much of her ass kicking chops. Not as beautifully shot as Haywire, though. Uh, above or below Bloodsport in the Blood named movie <sighs> ranking list? Below. No oh, way. Everything is below Bloodsport. What, that, what about the proper answer? What about Lady Blood Fight? Did you guys watch Lady Blood Fight not, yet? Not yet. No, because you talked about it today. No. It's new on. It's new on Netflix, guys. You can watch. You can watch the female blood sport, Lady Blood Fight. It is bad. I cannot use any other words to describe it. But I loved every minute of it. Uh, you're talking to somebody who watched Over the Top last month. So yeah, that's, this will be this will be my just bad, as bad movie as over, It's just as bad as Over the where's Top, this, but not nearly as where's much. Where's this pedophilia. rank in the horrible summer movie I watched uh, last week? Men at Work. Because that is no, awful, that terrible. Great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, American so, Treasure. So we uh, we encourage you to check out Logan Lucky this week, and, and if you have a little work. extra time, go ahead and try to find Haywire. Uh, for Kevin Garber and Eric Ronnebeck, I'm Nathan Santo, and we will see you next week. Go Hawks! Well, I ain't got nothing but a little song, a little tune to play to make the good times roll.